0: There can be many outcomes, but your path is clear, Yoda. You have been chosen, as I was before you. For what chosen am I? You will learn to preserve your life force, and so manifest a consciousness which will allow you to commune with the living after death. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... Master Yoda begins to hear the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn, who tells Master Yoda that he must travel to Dagobah alone. There, Qui-Gon will begin to help Master Yoda to learn the secrets of life after death.
1: Hey, choops, it's your old buddy, Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie. I'm my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship, I was going to say on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, but I have it on good authority that this might be his fifth, his sixth, maybe his seventh ever watch of this episode. He's the Master Qui-Gon to my Yoda. It's your trusty Power Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And we go. How many do you reckon this one is, Robbie? I mean, you already told me in the last episode you don't know the number, so I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be asking you the number. But could it be seven? Could it be eight?
2: It could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I really don't know. I've just. I found these last three episodes really. Just. I. I just love these episodes. In fact, they might be the ones I've watched the most. I just really like them. So yeah, I don't know how many.
1: Well, the first of these last three episodes is the 119th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. Written by Christian Taylor, directed by Danny Keller, it's season six, episode 11, Voices. So Robbie, I presume that you're about to answer everything when I ask you this, but what did you remember about Voices before you rewatched it again this week?
2: I remember almost everything about it, yes, because I've seen this so much. Um, I will say that there's one thing in the episode that I mistook for a different one. Or, maybe I should... It's the other way around. There's something that happens later that I thought happened in this one, but it doesn't. It happens later. But other than that, I remembered a a lot about this. And I just... There's something about this episode that I just love the... You know, it's kind of like, you know, you realize how much sometimes when you really love characters... That when two characters that maybe don't interact a whole lot... When they do, there's just a warm, fuzzy, happy feeling that happens. So... The whole Anakin Yoda stuff in this episode is so—I love it so much. There's something about it that I just—I really, really love it. It
1: was like when Grievous and Ventress worked together, right, in the ARC Troopers episode. So warm and fuzzy. I don't know about Grievous me. and Ventress. We d- I don't—I don't know about that. Am I—am I misunderstood? <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, I cut you off, Robbie. No,
2: no, it's—it's it's just a wonderful episode. And talk about one for me that moves effortlessly. I'm. engaged I just It's one of my favorites It's just a great Great episode
1: Well Voices Opens with Master Yoda Hearing voices Or more accurately A voice And lo and behold It's the voice of None other than My hero Master Qui-Gon Jinn Again voiced by Liam Neeson As he was on Mortis And Qui-Gon Is not only bringing The voice Robbie He's got force Levitation tricks He even lifts Master Yoda From the beyond From wherever he is and this encounter understandably troubles Master Yoda and so he and the Jedi Council do an epic team meditation which lasts one whole solar cycle or one whole rotation I believe is what they call it in the Star Wars universe. But Master Qui-Gon just isn't picking up this time. And we see here that Obi-Wan is so reverent of Master Yoda that when Ki-Adi-Mundi and Mace suggest that they should not rule out that Master Yoda could be manipulated by the dark side, Obi-Wan seems stunned. That such a thing could even be possible but master yoda agrees with those more experienced jedi that such a possibility cannot be ruled out and not only that but in the doctor's office kiri mundi further suggests that given that yoda was dooku's apprentice they should also investigate the possibility that the sith may be using dooku's link to yoda to weasel their way into the old master's mind and again obi-wan refuses to believe that such a thing could even be possible and then the doctor who funnily enough sounds a little like padme Puts Master Yoda into an insanely deep meditation in which Master Qui Gon again speaks to Yoda. And he tells Yoda Master Yoda should travel to Dagobah. And so, with a little help from Anakin and R2 to sneak Yoda past the temple guards into his ship, Master Yoda jets off to Dagobah. And I only have a couple of notes here from this first part of the episode, Robbie. I really liked it. I like this idea that the more experienced Jedi, including Yoda himself, will not rule out that Yoda is being messed with by the Sith. And I like that Obi-Wan is still so worshipful of Yoda that it's very hard for Obi-Wan to believe that it could even be possible. It's always nice to see Obi-Wan be a little bit human because, you know, sometimes we can think of him as a guy that doesn't have flaws, but the fact that it's so hard for him to even consider this notion that is a completely rational notion and that makes complete sense when Mason, and Mundi and even Yoda agree with it, Obi-Wan at first can't even get his head around it. I also, I mean, my only other note in this section, it's just fun to see Master Yoda in his underoos rather than in robes, because I just think it's always fun when a Star Wars character changes outfits just for how it changes, you know, a visual relationship with them. And seeing Master Yoda in something other than robes like this is no exception. I think think growing up, you know, one of the things that you get used to, especially if you're looking at Star Wars merch, you know, figures, you get something like Luke in the Hoth gear or you get Luke in the X-Wing pilot gear or you get Luke in Jabba's palace gear. So one of the things that you can be a fan of in Star Wars is these costume changes and I was just a fan of this costume change, Robbie.
2: Yeah, I mean... it kind of reminds you that old yoda maybe he may not have the appeal of say like a baby yoda (laughs) but wow he is kind of adorable in his uh i don't even know what you call that it's almost like his undergarments and it's weird it's almost like a weird flatliners reference or something i mean I, i don't think that's what they were going for but that's what it reminded me of is like you're basically getting so close to death that you go into this deep meditative state and I really enjoyed that even Yoda thinks that this is something that I need to do. You know, I mean, it's the one thing that I will say about the whole ki mundi thing. I don't know where I saw it, but it was somewhat recently. I think it was a YouTube video pointing out how wrong ki mundi was on almost everything. <laughs> he's almost skeptical to a fault. And I really kind of thought, wow, you know, when you paint it like that, when you kind of remember everything that he's said and done... He's kind of a punk in a way. You know, you're kind of like, wow, you've misled so many different people with your lame-brained ideas. But this idea is
1: not lame-brained. Let's be clear about this. Even Master Yoda agrees that it's possible. And in the Ahsoka arc, Master Yoda flat out said in front of the council that the dark side is clouding everything. Right. So, you know, I like to watch this fun video of Kirdi Mundi being wrong all the time but you know Mason and are dead right that this is not something that should be ruled out so the odd thing to me here was not Kirdi Mundi's response it was Obi-Wan's you know he was that's impossible right completely against it almost i mean it seemed like an emotional response from obi-wan which is just not a jedi-like response
2: no i agree i was just pointing out that i had seen that video recently so when it's obvious to us that that is not what's happening that it is actually qui-gon speaking to yoda it just made me remember that video and kind of kind of laugh at myself a little bit laugh to myself i should say but i don't know about you but did you find the uh I called it the Yoda slash council powwow. <laughs> for some reason I found that incredibly moving. I don't know why. I just I got like somewhat emotional watching it, you know, not like, you know, crying or anything, but there was something about Yoda being so in doubt that was I don't know, it was cool to see. And it's one of those things that for me it's like it changes my my view of Yoda. You know, or it changed. I should say, because I've se- I've seen this many times, but it changed my view of Yoda. That he's always been the old wise hermit, you know, often Dagobah, and all. You know what I mean? That's what he o- what always was to me. Sure. So to see him so in doubt, it adds a layer to his character that I just really enjoyed, and I found it very moving. And then, of course, I mean, like I said, the Anakin and Yoda stuff. <laughs> there was something about that that. It's almost like Yoda knows that Anakin is the one that can help him get this done. Sure. I just loved it.
1: If you're going to be a Maverick, try and get the other Maverick on side.
2: Yeah, but it's at the same time, you know, you've got that knowledge that in Episode 3 what Anakin does and how sad it makes Yoda to see that. And when he says, the boy you trained, gone he is, you know, in Episode 3. And it's just like, it's sort of like an amalgamation of all of those feelings are happening right now because you don't get to see anakin and yoda by themselves just talking you don't get to see that a lot in previous episodes so it was so moving to see that here and that you know yoda has an appreciation for him i guess i guess that's why why i just i loved it so much and then of course when you see Yoda hop up on R2, <laughs> there was something about it that I just loved. Well,
1: we remember Anakin riding on R2 in the Zillow Beast arc. That is maybe still one of my top three, maybe one of my top five shots of the entire series so far as Anakin sitting on top of R2 as they jeered up with the massive Zillow Beast head in the background. So yeah, that's, that was a cool thing to see.
2: Yeah, there's so much stuff that I, I guess character moments and, and just little moments that make me love these episodes so, so much. It's stuff I've always wanted to see and I never realized I wanted to see it. You know what I mean?
1: I do know what you mean, Robbie. And speaking of things you want to see, you want to see the second part of the episode. What an awesome segue, Robbie. I'm (laughs) going to see a master of this stuff. Master Yoda lands on Dagobah with R2 and... Master Qui-Gon guides him to a fairly familiar looking cave where Master Yoda sees a vision of a whole bunch of death and destruction of many Jedi going down. And when Master Yoda emerges, Master Qui-Gon tells him that he now has to get back on the horse he rode in on and write it somewhere else in order to learn this neat Qui-Gon trick of becoming one with the Force. And again, I've only got a couple of notes. The first one here is that just as he did for Ahsoka's arc and Ahsoka's theme at the end of season five, here in this episode, Kevin Kiner gets to play a lot with Master Yoda's theme. And I love pretty much everything he did with it. It's always been one of my favorite John Williams themes. Yep. Kevin Kiner really honors that theme and honors the character quite wonderfully, the way that he sort of weaves it, even with Qui-Gon's theme. It's just some beautiful scoring from Kevin Kiner in this episode. And the other main note that I've got here is that it seems kind of odd to say this about a swamp, but Dagobah is very beautiful. It's very beautifully realized here. It's so impressively atmospheric, the mists, the scampering animals, the gently swaying vines. I love those vines, the way those branches hang and just gently swing and I mean I'm not saying I want to live there Robbie. I don't, I don't even know if we would have it on our vacation list. I guess we would because it's Dagobah. Because you know I definitely want to visit and I may as well go straight to my shot of the episode here because it's just that simple shot of Master Yoda walking back to two and his ship as Master Qui-Gon tells Yoda that the force will be your guide and we see the ship and R2 in the near distance in the left of the frame we see Master Yoda walking away from the camera toward R2 in the ship in the right of the frame it just looks super pretty with those vines gently waving around I don't know what it was about those vines it just seems so peaceful that they gently sway in the breeze I guess part of it is that a swamp you can think of as being oppressively humid you know but those vines swaying makes me think there's a little bit of breeze at least <laughs> at least rolling through there so it makes it seem a little bit nicer than a regular swamp. But enough of me, Robbie. What did you think about this part two of the episode, especially about Yoda's vision where we see a lot of disturbing things?
2: Yes, this I mean, when you see the cave, it's kind of like, okay, we are going to the cave. I mean, this is one of those things where it's kind of like we always wanted to know more about it and why, you know, some of these things exist. What happened I remember as a kid, I remember thinking, you know, maybe... It was always an idea that Yoda had defeated a a Sith down in that cave. And the the spirit lingered there. And that's why it was strong in the dark side of the Force. And so all this lore that, you know, kind of hovered around these things that were big mysteries. So to finally see them not only acknowledge it, but show us more about it. It was just... I mean, I love this. You know, it's something that somebody like me, who's all into lore and loving that kind of stuff i dug all of this and uh i mean gosh what you said about kevin kiner i mean i almost feel like it's in that sort of nod to last jedi you know when uh luke says it's a cheap move to show uh princess leia there i feel like it's almost a cheap move to bring out yoda's theme but man you know like you said it's so well done it it's not a cheap move it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. I love the way that Qui-Gon seems nonchalant about all of these nuggets of truth that he's dropping, and I love that. I love his delivery. My only question is, you would think that since the Mace Windu and the rest of the council are probably very worried about what's happening with Yoda, you would think they could probably track him to Dagobah, right? I mean that's one of the first things that when they leave, it's like, well, huh. They, they must be tracking him, right? They, there's got to be some sort of way to track him. But, hey, that's one of those things we're not supposed to think about, I guess. You know, we're just supposed to not worry about that.
1: Yeah, one thing I think that goes in the episodes forever is that hyperspace tracking wasn't invented at this time. <laughs> and the second thing is that that even if there was some sort of tracking device on the ship, you'd expect that Master Yoda would be able to find it and you know ditch it somewhere on the way. So I don't know. I didn't even think about that. There's also the fact that he doesn't spend a whole lot of time there. You know, he pretty much lands, goes for a walk, sits down, goes for another walk, has his experience. You know, by the time they did manage to find Dagobah among the. You know, millions of planets and stars. It would take them a long time to find Master Yoda, so I didn't have any issue with that. But I've already given away my favorite shot of the episode, Robbie. What was your standout shot of voices?
2: It's really tough because there's a lot of shots that I just love. And there's, as you said, there's many, many just beautiful shots. But I think my favorite shot is, it's a simple one. And it's not even that beautifully rendered or whatever you want to say. It's just when Yoda looks back at Anakin... And tells him that, I can't even remember what he says. What does he say right there? Does he say, we're friends, aren't we? It's after that. And he's like, something about how he's basically good at breaking the rules. He talks about being
1: spontaneous, right?
2: Yes, yes. And it's just, ah, I love it, man. It's such a beautiful character interaction that we just haven't had the opportunity to see. I don't know. I guess it's just an appreciation of Anakin's character at that moment that I just, I love it so much.
1: Yeah, that's a sweet little shot, Robbie. I also like the shot of Dagobah framed by Master Yoda's hyperspace rig. Yeah. I had that note in the part one of the episode, but I didn't want to highlight it at that time just in case you chose it as your shot of the episode. And so before we bring this one in for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest watch of voices, how did you like it? And where does voices sit on that four star Robbie scale?
2: Four out of four. I mean, there's no question. This is what Star Wars is to me is episodes like this, that just, they don't pull any punches. They give it all to you, and it just, I love it. I just love it, love it, love it. I don't even know what else to say. I feel like I've gushed over this episode way too much.
1: Yeah, I've got it at nine swaying Dagobah vines out of ten. I mean, I enjoyed learning a little bit more Force lore. And like you mentioned earlier, I enjoyed seeing the side of Master Yoda, who's the oldest and most experienced Jedi, where he's just a humble student again. Yeah. And showing that no matter how good you are at anything true greatness is tied very strongly to humility and like you said earlier seeing yoda doubt is not necessarily a new thing because we see him in a lot of episodes verbally expressing doubt and what's going on expressing that the dark side is clouding everything he doesn't see everything he doesn't know everything but here is the first time we see him doubt himself and that is really a fascinating character moment for yoda and that Do you have something else on that?
2: I was just going to say, I totally forgot to mention that he sits down and says, Master Qui-Gon, I'm ready for my next lesson, basically. It was just... It's so beautiful.
1: Master becoming the student again. And that is mission accomplished for Season 6, Episode 11, Voices. So, Robbie will not you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels?
2: Sure. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y.
1: Yes, sir. And, of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 120th episode in the Star Wars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 12, Destiny. And until then, this is your old buddy, Bucho, alongside your trusty guy, Robbie. And we are out.
0: Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Robbie at gmail.com.
2: May the force be with you. Yes, my friend.
0: All right, I am. No. Back to Coruscant. We are not going yet. Afraid only begun. Our long journey has.